0: So welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien.
1: We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion, though. It was a trial, but we did it. We're in for a bit of a tone shift over the next couple months. As we jump into all things The Hobbit.
2: I wanna I want to put in an honorable mention for someone saying majestic Thorin
1: he's like a Maybelline or Garnier fruit cheese ad well that's in the movie that's on the book
0: <laughs> so join Caitlin and Rachel Emmy as we take you on this unexpected journey there and back again. <laughs>
1: I see what you all did there. That was very clever.
0: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Here we are with our first episode on the book, The Hobbit. Chapter 1, An Unexpected Party. How is everyone today?
2: I'm doing swell. I just hope our listeners don't have the whiplash listening to us that I felt reading this first chapter.
1: (laughs) It is a bit different from our previous episodes. Yes,
0: but the book is very different, so I think that only makes sense.
2: It does. It was just sort of crazy. We've gone, like, the farthest distance between two points in Tolkien.
0: So, brief mention that uh, today, the day of this recording, is July 2nd, which here in Canada is National Hangover Day. So, if I feel like I'm trying not to move a single muscle, that's why.
2: Well, I would assume you feel like it. It's it's if you sound like it.
0: Oh, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Sorry. Words are hard. Yep. Okay. So just before we dive into the book discussion, um, obviously our discussion template... No, that's not the word I'm looking for. The way that we do this is going to change up a bit just because this book is so very different than the previous one. And complete recapping of the chapters can be done quite quickly and easily, but we still want to, you know, discuss points and talk about our favorite things, so forgive us if the next three episodes are a little experimental. And also we're going to do our best to discuss characters as if we don't know what is going to happen to them in the future, Um, because obviously we'll discuss that stuff when we get there, but... I have proven on this podcast that I'm not the best at that. And so this, we might not be too good at that, but we're going to do our best. So who wants to do what? Does somebody else want to go through the characters or?
1: Sure. Um, So our characters in An Unexpected Party, our very first chapter, are, of course, Bilbo Baggins, who is a very well-off hobbit. He is the son of Belladonna Took, who uh, the Tooks were a very adventurous family, and the Bagginses were very well respected, not only because they were rich, but also because they were not adventurous at all. And up until this point, Bilbo Baggins has been a very boring hobbit. We have Gandalf, our favorite wizard, who is also a Maya. We met him in the Silmarillion. Um, He was a friend of Belladonna Took, and he is back in the Shire looking for a hobbit to share in an adventure with his company of dwarves. So we have Thorin, who is leading this company of dwarves. Uh, I feel like there's more to say about Thorin, but we oh, can get we're to not that later, yet. I guess. Yeah. He's a snob. I don't I don't know what else to say about him. Uh, Philly and Kili are the youngest in the company of dwarves. And then we also have Bifur Bofur Bomber, Oin Gloin, Dwalin Balin, Dori Nori, and Ori. That's that's the company. I split them up that way
0: because in this chapter
1: those were the only
0: differentials we were given. Other yeah. than Bomber being
1: particularly fat. Which They're- is lame. They're all fat. Everybody's.
2: I did find one thing interesting about Gloin. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he at one point ends up addressing bilbo and um he ends up doing a line that's given to thorin in the movie the looks more like a grocer than a burglar
1: Mm -hmm. Mm.
2: and i i i'm happy we actually watched the movie because i made sure to note that because i've always every time i read it i end up mixing up all of the dwarves and i was like oh huh he actually had a bit of talking stuff there
0: Right, but that literally could have been any of those dwarves and it would have only been notable for being not Thorin.
1: Well, well there's that. But true. also we know Gloin because of mm-hmm. no, Gimli. Didn't we just say we well, oh, were going to do that I wasn't going to go ahead and then I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's one of the reasons why I took note of Gloin speaking but I had forgotten that Thorin had that line in the movie. Yeah. There was so much from this chapter taken verbatim into the movie i thought that was fascinating
2: but like gloin has an entire paragraph of saying stuff well that's just one even there's more later that's not even the one i was talking about um but most of them don't talk more than introducing themselves they're talked about as a a group yeah but gloin actually is one of the only dwarves that gets to speak other than thorin
0: I guess it would be interesting to keep track of that going forward because maybe that's how Tolkien decided that, um, like that, it was going to be Gimli, son of Gloin. Well, we fucked up that goal pretty quick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think that totally counts. No, no, it doesn't. We're not we are not talking about yeah. Gloin's character development.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it does. I think we blew that play.
0: Um, does one of you want to do the brief sum up? Or I can, or?
2: I can do a the brief sum up, which is much less exciting or challenging than some of our ones in the Silmarillion, um, because this is our first chapter of a book that's a story of an adventure. And so basically what happens in the first chapter is a wizard named Gandalf brings together a company of dwarves with a hobbit, and they come up with a plan to send a burglar into a mountain. Any mountain, some random one. It has lots of gold and a dragon.
0: I actually meant to add. Also, there's a dragon. <laughs> I forgot.
2: That, that does sort of sum up this book. Also, there's yeah. a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> people meet. their horrible house guests. They decide well, to go. I mean, they cleaned up adventure. after
1: themselves. That was polite of them.
2: Look, I'm an introvert. If people invite themselves over, they're terrible house guests. No matter how much they clean.
0: So did either of you read the um, the preface? I skipped it. Okay. I only bring it up because there was this really adorable bit um, where they included a letter. Or they were sort of trying to uh, record the history of exactly when Tolkien wrote The Hobbit. Because it was originally just a story that he was, you know, uh, telling his kids and not writing down. And um, after it was published, Christopher Tolkien wrote a, an adorable letter to Father Christmas it was published in I believe a July originally so that like November December he wrote a letter to Father Christmas informing him of this very good book that his father had published and how, oh. it, how it would make a very good present for children around the world that that uh, Santa Claus could give out and I thought that was the best thing ever and it it made me think so much better of Christopher Tolkien It's really adorable. Yeah. God. Just because now he's like a stuffy old British man. But it's nice having these moments of like once he was also an adorable kid who just loved his dad a lot. And I liked that. Um, All right. Let's get into this chapter. Um, We mentioned it briefly with how it's almost verbatim in the movie a lot of this. So it's kind of hard to really dig into it since we did just discuss the movie. But we shall see how that goes. There's the very famous good morning scene, which I feel like I knew even
1: before I read the book or saw the movie, you know? <laughs> like. I actually had this book assigned when I was in sixth grade. It was required reading. So. God, I'm jealous. I know. It was great. Mrs. McCool, she was the best. That's um, awesome. I thought Gandalf's intro was funny because he wears a blue hat and a gray robe with a silver scarf and has a white beard. And that's just like, that's not the Gandalf that you see in the movie, right? Mm -hmm. He's all gray. He's Gandalf the gray. And I had forgotten literally until I read that, that he ever had color anywhere at all. I feel like
0: there's all these things we should write down and try to remember because is he described with a blue hat in the Lord of the Rings? I honestly don't remember. I... I don't know. But I know if I write that down now, it doesn't matter how well. We will lose it. I save it. It will, I (laughs) won't remember. It'll just be gone. I'll find it in some random folder on Google Drive years from now being like, oh shit.
1: (laughs) Well, I thought it was really funny in this scene, like the pipe gets just as long a description as the wizard, right? This pipe is the entire height of bilbo it like goes all the way down to his well brushed toes which is not at all what i pictured ever
0: i guess that's part of like the the tone of the book with its mm-hmm. whimsical cuz like the fairy tale aesthetic nothing about that is um, practical you know like if you have more than one pipe you're not going to be burst- busting that one out on a day to day What is this, like a Tuesday morning? You're not gonna think, man, I want that pipe that's as big as me.
2: Maybe that's his Tuesday pipe.
1: (laughs) I guess, I guess. How tedious would it be to have different pipes for different days of the week? I
2: mean,
0: Tolkien talks about Bilbo being well off, but does he do anything? See a a gentleman hobbit? Does he own land and collect
1: rent? Where did this money come from? Thought his well, the money came from the Tooks, right? And the Tooks were adventurers, so I kind of thought that was where it came from.
2: No, the Bagginses already had that money. That they got not rewarded just the Tooks, but
0: yeah, I thought the adventure came from the Tooks and the money came from the Bagginses.
2: the The Tooks also had money.
0: Okay, because they the, built the bag old Took with...
2: was the leader of all of
0: right. I'm so I'm. I guess I'm just curious about Bilbo's.
1: Day-to-day life. I know. Free dwarf (laughs) adventure. Listen, I wonder about how the Shire operates on like a monetary, like what is the economics of the Shire? We talked about this with Sauron and offering rewards and what was going on in the Silmarillion, but I thought that like the moment I was watching the movies, what, is it a barter system? How does this work?
2: I know people are described as rich, but... The Hobbits would Which have a barter what? system. I think he was just afraid of socialism.
0: Well, but also, you never really see careers in Hobbit, in the Shire. You know, you don't see a doctor. And mm-hmm. the, the, the dwarves say that Bilbo looks like a grocer, but you don't see a grocer.
1: No, so there's gardeners. They're, like, yeah. they're obsessed with even flowers, that's
0: all I see. Even if it's like a barter society... I feel like they're bartering food with beer and that's it. Like, that's, oh, 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 and and whatever they're smoking in their pipes. They've got beer, they've got food, (laughs) and they've got whatever they're smoking. Long bottom leaf. Yeah. So, but then, like, who, do they have grocers? Do they have teachers? What do the children do other than run wild with very attractive curls? (laughs) I'm... I am flummoxed. I mean, I guess we could research into how villages worked in (laughs) some sort of equivalent time period of reality, but that seems more work, and I'd rather just talk about how it doesn't make sense.
2: Yes. I mean, the whole point is that we're taking a hobbit out of his day-to-day life, and so we don't focus on it, despite Tolkien's love of excessive detail in certain areas.
0: Yeah. I am going to skip ahead a bit and mention that at one point when uh, Thorin was talking about Smaug and stealing the treasure, he definitely said that a dragon always knows the market value.
2: Yes! That was one of my notes! Dragon economists!
0: <laughs> and I get I get that that was just supposed to kind of be funny, but that just opens up a whole nother world about right? in this discussion.
2: How do dragons know the market value?
0: <gasps> Who is trading with dragons? Who was banking with dragons? Is there like like a is there a stock trade? <laughs> like what I need I like logically I understand this was a throwaway line. Probably meant to get a laugh out of whatever parents were reading this to their children.
2: I just hope there's a dragon, Adam Smith talking about like the invisible hand and how it affects the price of gold. <laughs>
0: I just I need to know more about the market value of treasure in Middle Earth and who runs this thing.
2: Okay, but you know <laughs> I'm sorry, don't don't murder me. But you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of dragons hoarding gold like the uh, maple syrup cartel. <laughs> right? Storing oh. it so that they make sure the price of, of maple syrup doesn't go too low. I'm just saying. That's what it sounds like.
0: I like that you prefaced that with don't murder me as if I had some sort of stake in the maple syrup business. <laughs> I didn't want that getting out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that that stereotyping there. It's great.
2: Look, your country is weird.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. I won't say anything <laughs> about your country then. Oh,
2: my country's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs>
0: International friends are the best. Anyways, let's <laughs> move on. Vibes. Oh, and then the dwarves arrive. Basically, the next day. Oh, Bilbo invited Gandalf for tea the next day. Promptly forgot, and then thirteen dwarves showed up. As you do. And so, what when you say when when you when you hear a Bilbo begins invite somebody over for tea, what what meal do you think that is? Keep in mind we have not read about the uh, different meals of hobbits yet, so throw that out the door.
2: Uh, I think of, like, uh, afternoon tea. Okay. Biscuits. Earl Grey.
0: All right, just checking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was because... You're concerned for us. I was because times that I have uh, spent in England, tea could mean many things, but this, this is sort of modern, so I guess the word has evolved, but there are certain people who say tea, and they mean what I would call dinner. And what some people would call supper, but then after they had tea, Bilbo was like, "Oh, are you staying for supper?" And they were all like, "Yes." And it just—it just seems like a way to complicate the meals. Is all I'm saying.
2: Hobbits do have lots of them,
0: which is fine. I respect that. But for the times that I have had afternoon tea, I could not then go and have dinner. I have been very full. It is a lot
2: of food. When Bilbo talked about having two suppers.
0: Yeah. But also like he hasn't done anything all day, so why is he so hungry?
2: Let's not get into Hobbit anatomy.
0: Alright, alright.
2: There was already enough attention paid to <laughs> foot hair in this chapter. I do
0: <laughs> I do respect the Hobbit way of life, and if I could live it, I would. I just Absolutely. wish I could also understand it.
2: They're so small and they eat so much.
0: <laughs> but also, they're so relaxed, you know? They're just like, we don't have jobs, we have food. It doesn't it's make ale. sense, but and it's the green what dragon. we do. Yeah. Sorry, I got ahead of myself again. Yep. We are spectacular failures, but it's fine.
1: Um, Anybody have anything to say about the songs? They were pretty. I had the music versions... Or Not music. Nah, I had the movie versions rolling in my head as I read them. Yeah, it's impossible now to hear it without them.
2: Yeah. Which I, I, I'm I happy about. They were
1: good. So that's okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. I I like getting the entire song of the Misty Mountain song. hmm Just really going through.
0: I suppose um, the, the Misty Mountain song in the book sort of covers what the prologue did in the movie. hmm The first of the two prologues, that is. Yeah, that movie.
2: But yeah, it's just it's nice that instead of just going from you know, we gotta go get our gold. A dragon showed up. We gotta go get our gold. The reprise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It goes through the whole like, the dwarves did awesome things, yada yada. Here are legends, and then oh god, this thing happened.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think when Bilbo asks Thorin to say it all clear, they talk about how. The dragons come out to eat people from Dale, which is why everybody eventually left Dale. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mostly maidens, of course.
2: Yep. Uh, I love how dragons know this along with the market value of gold.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The plot holes in this chapter. Oh, goodness.
2: (laughs) No, it is, it's... The tone is so fascinating after the Silmarillion because the Silmarillion was basically explicitly the legends of the elves Mm -hmm. but this is told in a much more fairy tale-esque manner with the omniscient narrator um saying things and you know interjecting like oh wait no we have to talk about this first and then go back
1: oh i suppose you want to know this Mm -hmm. the narrator
0: is really interesting too because i feel like Now I could be wrong, and I'm breaking my own rule here, but I feel like in the Lord of the Rings, it's implied that the Hobbit is, you know, the beginning of the Red Book of Westmarch. That's what that book's called, right? Pretty sure. Bilbo's book, that Bilbo wrote it. But this narrator is obviously a human being. He keeps refers to him as he, he refers to himself as being a person,
2: right? Us, us, big people. Yeah. Yeah he's a human telling it to other humans.
0: So, that's I mean, again, this is obviously written to be read out loud to your mm. children. Right. Which I like. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good feel for the book.
2: Yeah. It is I I like imagining though uh the songs, the Misty Mountain song. It's like um it, it prefaces the words with saying, and this is like a fragment of their song, if it can be like their song without their music. But at the same time, you can imagine Tolkien putting music to the lyrics.
0: There's a, a recording of him singing it. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So, right. Very Since cool. It's meant to be read to your kids. Like, you can sing it to your kids.
0: Yeah. And the recording of him singing it is really interesting because of how similar it is to what what's his face wrote for the movies mm-hmm. what is that man's name i'm sure they're howard to this. shore yeah and i know howard Shore like rearranged the lines a bit and stuff but
1: the integrity is intact
2: i also i i love because we we had our, our herp discussion in the silmarillion
0: <laughs> right yes Oh, and Thorin pulls out a harp, or somebody Thorne, pulls out a harp, doesn't right, they? Someone
2: pulls out the harp for Thorin, but mm-hmm. it's like, what? Keely and Feely rushed for their bags and brought back little fiddles. Reasonable. Dory, Nori, and Ori brought out flutes from somewhere inside their coats. Reasonable. Bomber produced a drum from the hall. <laughs> Beaver and Boffer went out, too, and came back with clarinets. Fine. Uh, Dwalin and Ballin said, excuse me, I left mine on the porch. And Thorin yells, "Just bring mine in with you!" <laughs> and they come back with vials as big as themselves, and with
1: Thorin's harp. <gasps> They've just Again, been carrying this shit around Middle Earth. Bit. That's it. Their adventuring gear. <laughs> it's a drum. Which makes me very sad that they cut the instruments out of the movie, because they're important cultural components to this story. Yeah,
0: I, I was going to say that. I presume at some point they all multiclassed into bard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's part of their their equipment, of course. But but we've already discussed it's their hand. There are handheld um, uh, jeez, harps in this world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I suspect Thorin is not going to have quite so heroic a moment with his <laughs> as our our dear boy Fingin. Yeah. But do we even see the harp again? No. Oh. That's disgusting well, word. Sorry. I knew this was going to be hard. That's our
2: new... We'll have to try and keep track of the musical instruments.
0: <laughs> the music... Okay. The musical instruments, the color of Gandalf's hat, <laughs> and how many <laughs> times Gloin has dialogue. <laughs> that's what we have to keep track of. <laughs> yep. We are going to forget this by next week, but...
2: Probably. Um. On another note, though, talking about distinguishing features and stuff and things, um, you know, we did just watch the movie and it gives such distinct visual cues to the different dwarves which we don't necessarily know but um when dwallen shows up it, he's described as having a blue beard
1: yeah dyes his hair
0: man i wonder what a blue beard looks like because i can't I picture it other than being like electric blue which which one is that in the movie is that the
1: bald one
2: yeah, he's like yeah. With the, what's his like, face head from Outlander? Tattoos. Yes. James-y? What?
1: I don't know anybody. Yes,
2: from he Outlander. speaks Scottish, so help. I'm sure it's yes.
0: <laughs> it strikes me that I've actually like stood next to that dude, <laughs> the actor. Which I mean, in context, it makes perfect sense. I was at Comic Con. I was at the, you know, the, the special effects people. Their booth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The set design people. What the heck are they called? I cannot think of a single word today.
2: <laughs> I I honestly have no idea what you're going for.
0: They made this map that I have. They made these magnets that I have. I bought lots of stuff from them. Anyway,
2: yeah, I'm not sure if a blue beard is meant to be like a gray blue or like literally blue or you're supposed to think of the Bluebeard fable when you look at him,
1: but... Or black-blue, or, yeah, I don't know, but whatever works. It's your imagination.
0: Um, I was gonna say maybe he styled it after Gandalf's hat. (laughs) (laughs) He admired it so much. Yep. Weta was the goddamn word I was looking for. What? Weta. Cool. Weta Workshop, they designed the props. Got it. Yes. for the movies, and you can go to conventions, some of them, and buy some of these props, which I've done, and I was in line, and the actor who plays or Urbaun came in to talk to the Weta people, and he was there, and I was there.
2: Got it. That makes sense. And yes, if you are going for the specific people, Weta makes sense. I was trying to come up with, like, you were just going for it. The set design people! I guess that's what they're called. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yep. Anyways, back to The Hobbit, (laughs) chapter
1: one. Back to the plan. Yep. Where we were ten years ago. So, my biggest problem with
0: this chapter is that their plan to hire a burglar
1: to go to the mountain to use the secret entrance. For why? For what? But it it wasn't even their plan, right? Right. Because the plan, they wanted, like, a warrior or a hero, and Gandalf was like, nah, man, maybe a burglar would work since we can't get the other two, and he showed up in Hobbiton. But, like, yes, this is true. This plan is fluid. I would dare to say there is no plan at all. But
0: what's the goal? What do they want? Like, they don't seem to want to disturb the dragon, but they want the treasure. But... Why... What is Bilbo expected to do when he goes in? Like, I'm just going to fill my pockets with a handful of gold and come out with a handful of gold, which everybody in this company already seems a little well off. So what the fuck is a handful of gold going to do for them? (laughs) (laughs) What is the ultimate plan here? I understand that some of this may be revealed later, but at this moment, it is not at all revealed to Bilbo. And he's just like, yeah, okay. You sing really well. (laughs) So this part bothered me a lot. In... Okay, I hate to keep comparing it to the movie, but apparently we're going to. Because in the movie, they fixed that by saying that their plan was to take back Erebor, presumably to kill the dragon. But in this one, they really don't seem to want to disturb the dragon. And I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just makes no sense.
1: It really doesn't. Like, this... Chapter, from a structure standpoint, is not good.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked the chapter, obviously, but... It's fun, but,
1: but... What is their ultimate dwarf goal? To eat dinner in Bilbo's house. And then, they left him. With the note tucked in a very weird place.
2: Well, can I just say? <laughs> I mean, I will say, they do talk about it at least obscurely, that um, they want to, What br- they say, bring our curses home to Smog if we can. So.
1: Which we don't know what those are, but yes.
2: But, you know, he basically destroyed them, so.
0: I guess. But they talk about, like, not wanting to go in through the front door and not, I don't know. It just seems like, at this point in time, we don't know, and therefore Bilbo does not know. Their ultimate goal in this journey, other than finding the secret entrance and going in through the secret entrance.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, though. It is pointed out more as, like, well, so you're reading it as a person who's like, yeah, of course they're going to go on this adventure. We don't need to know. Um, but the biggest explanation given is just like, um, Thrain wanted you to have this and complete his mission. But what was Thrain even doing before he got captured by the necromancer? He just was like, I'm just gonna go. Through this door. Do something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Wait, I'm confused. I thought Thrain was his grandfather and Thror was his father.
2: Thror? Thorin, son of... No, Thorin, son of Thrain, son of Thror, right?
0: I didn't think we'd have these problems in this book. You know?
2: Thrain? Maybe Thrain... Oh, God. I hate this stupid...
0: I just thought it was Thrain, king under the mountain. Nope.
2: Thorin. Oh, Thorin, no, it's Thor. It's Thor. Son of Thrain, Thor. Son of okay, you're right. Because I had that thought before I said it. I was like, let me just run through the... So
0: Thor, king the under non-thrus. the mountain. Excuse me while I adjust my brain.
2: Yeah. Anyway. I had something else I was going to say, and I have no idea what it was anymore.
0: Sorry. It's
2: um, okay. What That's... was
0: Thor doing? He op- uh, Thrain. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He opened... Well, yeah,
2: Thrain had, like, no plan. Um, oh, I remember what it was. There's a great line that kind of just sums up everything about, like, what are they actually doing? And, um, I'm gonna find it again. There we go. Thorne's talking about, you know, going on the adventure. He'll keep the keep safe and, ooh, things look more hopeful. Yeah, I'm glad, glad you were doing this before you had that hope. Um... It's like, what? We thought of going east as quiet and careful as we could as far as the long lake. After that, the trouble would begin. And then Gandalf interrupts a long time before that if I know anything about the roads east. And Thorne just yeah. completely
1: ignores it. They're both know it alls. But
2: it pretty well encapsulates the lack of planning.
1: It really does. Which is strange since
0: Thorne is so stuffy in this. Mm-hmm. Like, and so better than thou. So you'd think he'd be. The ultimate planner. It just doesn't make any sense, is all I'm saying. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. They just woke up one day and were like, we're going to the mountain. We're going to kill a dragon. We're going to take back our money.
2: You know what it makes me think of now that you say it that way? hmm We're going on a bear hunt. <laughs> we're going to catch a big
1: one. <laughs> It's a camp song. That's basically what it is. You're right. Going on a dragon hunt. And the song is really like a hundred years old, right? It's been a hundred years since they left the mountain? At least. Yeah.
2: It's been a hundred years since Thrain went missing. Okay. Man. And Thrur gave the map to Thrain for safekeeping before the battle at Moria, mm-hmm. which was after Erebor.
0: Azog was mentioned in this chapter.
2: Yes! I re- After talking about, like, okay, at least they didn't get the name from nowhere, but it's yeah. still not the overblown thing.
0: Also, Fucking when I was Asog. reading, I don't remember if this was in the chapter or if it was in the preface, but it talked about how east is always up in dwarf maps instead of north, which is so, but now that I have this in my head, whenever I look at this map, I'm always just messed up about it, mm-hmm. because apparently I'm too ingrained to think of North as being up, so I just can't <laughs> I can't wrap Damn. my head around.
2: That's true. Let me just like turn my book sideways and hold it up to the map behind me on my yep. above my bed, and
1: yep, <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, let's. We were talking about Thorin being a huge snob, and actually his introduction is one of my favorite parts of this chapter because it is so different from what our introduction to him is in the movie. So I'll just read that quote, shall I? Go for it. Thorin, an enormously important dwarf, in fact, no other than the great Thorin Oakenshield himself, who was not at all pleased at falling flat on Bilbo's mat with Biffer, bofur and Bomber on top of him. For one thing, Bomber was immensely fat and heavy, Thorin, indeed, was very haughty and said nothing about service. Uh, But poor Mr. Baggins said he was sorry so many times that at last he grunted, pray don't mention it, and stopped frowning. He is just such an asshole. (laughs) I really love it. I, I wish we got in the movie. Right? But it would have ruined his, like, majestic persona. Yes. I feel like the movie went the more like endearing, hardworking, will do whatever he has to do, majestic, soldier way.
2: He never it's forgave like, and he never Thorin forgot.
1: Thorin is a snob. <laughs> He's a prince. And yeah, he sort of worked, but whatever.
2: I always forget about that line because that, that line always makes me think of the woman in black. Um. yes yes (laughs) she never forgave
1: (laughs) she never forgot that was a good she's coming for you what i saw of it (laughs) yeah no it's so melodramatic and this is way more like laid back yeah he just he talks endlessly it's so funny i just i thought it said something about his character that it takes bilbo groveling uh to put him in a good mood i was like that's setting us up but, like,
0: still people like and respect him. So that seems... Somehow. Yeah.
2: Well, he's described as being very important.
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to discovering why he is very important.
2: Yes. wonder what... Because I mean, we, we don't, don't know why he's very important.
0: I know I'm...
1: Rachel, I was trying <laughs> to stick to our goal for once. In,
2: the, in this <laughs> chapter, we do!
1: I guess. It's true, we do. He's leader of the company his fathers were Mm
2: -hmm. but it's just like here's why right he never shuts up he just keeps talking and keeps talking and it's this this great line and it's this was thorne's style he was an important dwarf if he had been allowed he probably would have gone on like this until he was out of breath without telling anyone there anything that was not known already Like, these poor, these poor dwarves just have to listen to him talk and talk and talk and talk.
0: I mean, if he's got the voice of Richard Armitage, that's fine. Right?
2: Why didn't they make him talk more?
0: Yeah. Missed opportunities. Yep. So, did we have any favorite lines from this chapter that we haven't already talked about?
2: see, so, and there was something else I wanted... Mm-hmm. thinking. I was thinking about, and I'm trying to remember...
0: Something other to, to discuss again. or a good line.
2: Um, more of a discussion thing. Oh, okay, so sorry. Give me a second. No, I had forgotten until just a second ago, and then I was like, "Oh crap, I didn't mark it." What edition of the books are you guys of the book are you guys reading? Um, I'm reading the 70th anniversary edition.
1: I'm reading an e copy. What year was it? I have no idea. Harper Collins. That's, <laughs> I I don't know things. I am reading
0: a very short hardcover that I got in a box set with Lord of the Rings. Cool. cool. Relatively recently, although it says it was published in
2: 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um. I was just so, uh, the, it, it was in the song actually, but okay. um, it made me think of, so the line, the verse is, uh, on silver necklaces they strung the flowering stars, on crowns they hung the dragon, fl- dragon fire and twisted wire, they meshed the light of moon and sun, mm-hmm. which just sounds super pretty to you until you've read the Silmarillion <laughs> and you know what the moon and sun even actually are. And it was just like, you know, you talked about what the theories that the Arkenstone is one of the Silmarils and I, you know, still yeah, don't yeah. think so. But it's just it, it it's a interesting line given what we know about the light of the trees and the sun and the moon and a certain star.
0: And I guess it's. We should note that um, Tolkien was writing the Silmarillion at the same time that he was writing this, right. And then after after he wrote the Lord of the Rings, um, the Hobbit was edited a bit to make it fit more. So that's the version that we're reading now. It's actually pretty difficult to find the original version.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So this one has like a extended bits about the ring, making it a little bit more important. And I think Gollum is also a bit extended. I've honestly never read the original version, and I I, I don't think I even know anybody who has. Yeah, be interesting to try to find it though. Mm-hmm. Um, just to mention,
2: yeah, no, that's a good thing to remember. Mm-hmm. That, and just right in general, the Silmarillion wasn't published until later, but it it did sort of exist yeah and some of the backstory of the world and then yeah that this is an edited version and i think when he originally wrote this
0: or when he was telling his kids the stories he didn't or J.R.R. talking didn't impl- or intend to have this included like within the world of the of middle earth um which is why a lot of things are called something different you know like the greenwood being markwood and mm-hmm. this, but then when he was doing the Lord of the Rings, and when he decided this did sort of fit into the world, he sort of adjusted things and and that type of stuff.
2: Yeah. Anyway, we can yeah. go back to favorite lines.
0: Yes. So my favorite lines. Um, one of them was. Oh, I'm not going to really say this word. Confusticate, confusticate, whatever. Con- and confusticate? be bothered. These sure confusticate. I don't know, and be bothered these dwarves, which I just like.
1: Cause, Great use of words.
0: Yeah, it's just perfect about how you—you you almost can't read that line without sounding irritated.
1: No, those words are the perfect tone, which is weird because I don't think I would ever heard them in like this context, or possibly ever until I read this book. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard or
0: read the word confusticate other than here, unless Tolkien himself uses it again
1: later. Mm-hmm. Well, I know for a fact I've never heard the word be bothered, but I think I've heard confusticate before. But, yeah, they're just great, obscure, beautiful words. Yeah, and you can just hear the irritation in them, and I love that. Whimsical irritation.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, com, confusticate um, was actually originally American slang, but rarely used until Tolkien revived it in The Hobbit. Interesting.
0: Uh, and then my other favorite line is the dark came into the room from the little window, which I like because I don't know that I've ever read anyone else describe darkness the same way that they describe light as being something that can come in from a window. Mm-hmm. And I just really liked that it was different and a good way of describing
2: it. hmm It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love Bilbo's, like, final stress reaction to all of this. Because um, it starts where he has what, Poor Bilbo couldn't bear it any longer at may never return he began to feel a shriek coming up inside and very soon it burst out like the whistle of an engine coming out of a tunnel which is great and then like gandalf like lights up his staff and then then bilbo fell flat on the floor and kept on calling out <laughs> struck by lightning struck by lightning
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i love it what so much what a drama much. queen He's so dramatic <laughs> I yeah, do love that. Loved it then
0: the dwarves just put them on a couch with a drink, you know, and go on about Man, their just business. Chill out, yo. Yeah, <laughs> it was very good. Yep. In fact, that's that's how I want anybody to treat me if I ever, you know, lose it. Just put me on a couch with a drink at my yeah. side.
1: <laughs> I'll be good. Emmy, yes. Favorite lines. I did mine. You missed it. Oh. You were off being unconscious somewhere.
0: I lost my internet connection for two seconds. You did. It was very sad. <laughs> Apparently, I missed the entire episode.
2: Yep. Yes, you did. Okay, I have one more funny thing. Okay. And it's just talking about Gandalf trying to, like, find people for this right quest, which from, even from what we know of Gandalf at the end of the Silmarillion with him you know with his great line about whatever it is the small people doing big things or whatever yeah that line um because that's it they're saying that the you know the dragon comes out too often and uh, gandalf says like you know it would be no good for the dragon to come out um not without a mighty warrior, even a hero. I tried to find one, but warriors are busy fighting one another in distant lands. And in this neighborhood, heroes are scarce or simply not to be found. Which, like, they're in Hobbiton, of course, but... Gandalf! You can travel! You just didn't try! <laughs> right? We, we Dude, know he, he could have gotten a hero it. if he really wanted. <laughs> no.
0: Okay, so I just tried to Google to find out that exact line from the Silmarillion... Mm -hmm. And you know how Google always gives you, like, related searches? Mm -hmm. One of them was, are Gandalf and Dumbledore the same person? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Anyways, that hurt my soul a little bit. Oh, man. Just a little. Did we talk about the fact that in this chapter they're talking about dragons and how dragons eat people and dwarves and, you know, hobbits, if they can get their hands on it, but especially maidens? They keep saying, especially maidens. Uh, I
0: briefly mentioned it, but we didn't
2: really go into it.
0: But yeah, yes. that's kind of shitty. I, I
2: was I was concerned about how dragons both know the market value of gold and who's a maiden, and to specifically to eat them.
0: Right. Yeah, because the dragons are not ever talked about having like different genders or sexes, and so well, I mean, am... I guess
2: Glaurung was the father of dragons, but right. But we, you never we hear never about. There are no lady dragons in the mating halls of Thu and
0: But also, like, you never hear well, you never hear about how their reproduction works in any way. I always just sort of assumed that each one was made by Morgoth. Mm-hmm. Sprang and out of a, a hole. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm curious about is why female virgins taste different than everybody else.
1: Right? How does that make any sense whatsoever? Yeah. I feel like diet would be far more important.
2: I love the taste of purity for breakfast. (laughs) 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 Thanks,
1: patriarchy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's just meant as another, you know, kind of pandering line when you're telling it aloud, like, There's dragons. They they eat maidens, you know. But.
1: Yeah, it's a fairy tale thing, like them taking princesses hostage, but it annoyed me that they brought it up, like, explicitly three times. Two or three.
0: I'm not going to find this line. Whatever. The small may. Do where the wise... I don't even remember it. Shit.
2: Many many are the strange chances of the world, said Mithrandir, and help oft shall come from the hands of the weak when the wise falter.
0: You were much more successful than I was in my Googling. (laughs) I'm a librarian. What I found was, are Gandalf and Dumbledore the same person? (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I shouldn't judge. This whole podcast is about not judging people. But... Sometimes it's hard. It's hard.
2: Sometimes yeah. it's hard. It would have been really funny if they cast Ian McKellen as Dumbledore.
0: <laughs> it would. I. There was a part. Well, they couldn't have it first because they were both filming at the same time. Yeah. But after uh, Richard Harris uh, passed away, that would have been hilarious. And a part of me was kind of rooting for it. Mm hmm. Man, 2001 was a good year. Harry Potter came out in November, Fellowship came out in December. That was some good stuff. I was at the of the year. It Mars was a good yeah. year. I, say, I was 10 years old
2: that year. X-Men came out around that time, too. That, it was X-Men 2000. But the then th- the the next ones were out around then, too.
0: The original X-Men, I think, was
1: 98 or 99. X2 with Rogue nope. is my favorite.
2: Uh, X-Men was 2000. X2 was 2003. Per ye Google, So good.
1: Quality franchise. Some of Halle Berry's best work. <laughs> I can go all day. <laughs> I've watched X2 so many times.
2: No one will ever be so married. This is not a Charles Xavier and um God, I'm Eric yeah. It was blanking. Eric Lensher podcast.
0: No it is not. So let's let's move on from uh, Ian McKellen's Body of Works. <laughs> Bodies of Work? Wherever that is belongs. <laughs> and do we have anything else to say about chapter one of the hobbit let's go on an adventure all right let's go on an adventure so next week's homework is chapter two roast mutton
1: yum gross i enjoy a good sheep dinner i say that i don't think i've ever had mutton I guess I actually haven't either.
0: I've only really ever had lamb, which is delicious, so I assume mutton is, too.
2: Yeah, I've only ever had lamb, too, I think.
0: Anyways, this is not a cooking podcast. Um
2: (laughs) Hey, we had a very important discussion of alcohol. Yep. Yes. All right. This is just all going to be about food and drink if we wanted it to be. So, you know how
0: sometimes you look back on things that you've said and you have a moment of, oh, shit – I'd yep. like to say that in some parts of the world, namely your country, 2001 actually wasn't that great of a year. A lot of people died. That's not <laughs> what I meant. I meant for movies. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Anyways, moving on. Um, that was awkward. So if you want to tweet at us about The Hobbit or what have you, you can at to read Tolkien. If you would like to email us about anything, you can at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. Chapter two homework next week. We said, I think that's everything. Do you guys have anything to say? No. Great. I'm boring. (laughs) Yeah. So then we will see you all next week. Oh, we should sign off. Uh, I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. I've been Emmy. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much.
2: Bye.
1: Bye. I do like that our first official Hobbit
0: episode we had once again troubles with counting to three. <laughs>
2: we didn't have troubles <laughs> counting. <laughs> <laughs> We had troubles clicking record. It's different. That's our new thing.
1: What the fuck is this? (laughs) I ask myself that all the time. So, dwarves. Yep.